Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. Good morning, saints. So glad to see you out this morning and those that are watching virtually. I'm glad that you are with us with the technology that we have. For those in the sanctuary, I know we can't touch each other, but just look over to your left and to your right and wave at the people that you see. This morning's opening scripture will come from Psalms 149. And if you're able, would you please stand? And thus reads the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise is in the assembly of his faithful people. Let Israel rejoice in the maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him in the timbre and the harp. For the Lord takes delight in his people and crowns the humble with victory. Father God, we just come before your presence this morning, thanking you that you woke us up to see another day today. First of all, we come asking your forgiveness for any sinful ways or thoughts or deeds that we had last week or even today. We ask that you forgive us, Lord, and crown us with your mercy and your grace. Father, we thank you that we are able to come out and assemble in the sanctuary and give you praise. We thank you for those that are watching virtually, Father God, because your spirit transcends buildings and it goes anywhere that you direct it to go. So Father God, we ask now that you bless the shepherd of this house as he prepares to bring your word to us. Let us open our hearts and our minds and our ears that we may receive your word. Father God, we ask blessings on those that are sick in our congregation. We ask peace and comfort to those that are bereaved. We ask, Father God, for those that are looking for a financial blessing, that you grant that to them. And those that are getting ready to go back to school or have gone back to school, that you keep your hand of protection around them. Father God, you are so worthy to be praised that if we had 10,000 tongues, we couldn't even begin 
to express the love and joy that we have for you being our God. So we ask now that you resonate in this building, but more importantly, that you resonate in our hearts and let your Holy Spirit have his way. In Jesus' name, we ask it all and pray. Amen. Come on and put your hands together and give God some glory. Come on and give God your best. He deserves our best because he's giving us his best. So come on and give him your best today. Come on and give him your best today. Come on and push past it. Push past it and give him your best. Give him your best. He's giving us his best, which is his son, Jesus. Hallelujah. He's giving us our, his best. So we have no other choice, nothing else to do but give him our best. Open up your mouth and give him your best. Give him your best this morning. Give him your best this morning. Give him your best this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to Jesus. Yeah. We give you Get together. We give you all. We give you all the glory. We worship we worship you, Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy to be praised. We give you all. Oh. 
for blessing us. We thank you, Lord, for loving us past our faults and seeing all our needs. Thank you, Jesus, for blessing us. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands. Come on. Come on, clap your hands. Hey. One more time, one more time. Everybody clap your hands. Everybody say bless, 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 The devil is, the devil is One more time. We are blessed in the city. We're blessed in the city. We're blessed in the city. We're blessed when we come and when we go. We cast down every strong hope. Six is that poverty must be. The devil is. Turning around, I believe it. It's going to work in your favor, 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 yeah. Ain't in the midnight hour. God's going to turn around. It's going to work in your favor. Come on, everybody say, Late in the midnight hour. God's going to turn it around. Yeah. It's going to work in your favor, yeah. Everybody declare it as decree. Yeah. Everybody's too late. Late in the midnight hour. Yeah. God's gonna turn it around. Yeah. He's gonna write your favor. One more time, one more time. Everybody say late. Late in the midnight hour. Yeah. God's gonna turn it around. And around. And around. And around. And around. For I reckon that the suffering of the present. And around. And around. Come on. And around. And around. Yeah. And around. Turn it around. 
going to work in your faith. Y'all do it this time. Hey, y'all say it. Lady. It's going to work. One more time. Let's sing together. Everybody say it. Late. Late, Late in the, the midnight hour. hour. God's going to turn it around. Yeah. It's going to work in your favor. One more time. Say and we thank you, Jesus. Here we go, and around, and around, and around, and around, and around, and around, and we thank you for turning it around, for turning it around. You're the God of the turn. You're the God who can turn it. You're the God who can change it. You're the God who can heal it. You're the God who can deliver. Savior. He is. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Blessed be God who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and then has seated us in those heavenly places. We're grateful to God. Let me make a few observations at this point in the worship experience. First of all, welcome to all of those who are here in the sanctuary, to those uh, who have chosen to come and worship in person. We're glad you're here, whether you are a member or a visitor or a friend, whoever you are, uh, glad to see you, if, even if I can only see your eyes. Uh, and to those who are joining us online, those who are joining us uh, virtually, worshiping with us virtually today, we're grateful that you've chosen to join with us virtually. We are certainly thankful to God for the technology that allows us to worship together virtually in the midst of this pandemic. And we're grateful for the people behind the technology who make it possible every week for us to be together. 
Um, speaking of the pandemic, let me just say a couple of words um, as I start observations today. Uh, many of you, well, all of you who were here uh, last week received a uh, either, well, you received both a phone call and an email, if we have your email address, uh, alerting you that there was uh, one among us who tested positive uh, for COVID uh, during the week. Um, they did not have any prolonged exposure with anybody uh, and everybody was masked up. Um, but it does bring to light that we are still in the middle of a pandemic. We are still in a pandemic. And, uh, and with new variants and new strains, we really need to double down on what we know to be uh, safe and effective, and that is uh, mask wearing, that is um, the making sure we, you know, there are some who, who don't think it's necessary for us to still take names at the door. Uh, but the only reason that, the only way we were able to call and email every single person who was here is because we had every single name. Um, the, the member who tested positive is doing fine, so is her husband. Um, they, are, they are well. Uh, apparently there's an antibiotic that has been developed um, that, uh, that is effective and, uh, and they have taken the treatment and it seems to be working, praise God. Um, so let me, let me just ask you, Mount Calvary family, would you continue as you have been uh, to be um, cooperative with the ushers, with the, the intake staff when, they, when they're at the door, um, with, um, with the deacons, with um, Kingdom Force, as they, uh, you know, I know we're, we're used to finding where we want to sit, but as they seat you, um, and as we ask that you not climb over people and all that kind of stuff, uh, and to wear your mask and to stay six feet apart, it is not that we don't want it, that we don't want anybody to fellowship in the, in the lobby, uh, but not at the cost of somebody's health, right? Uh, so you come in, you keep it moving, you go out, you keep it moving, right? Thank you all so much. Um, I do want to make you aware, Mount Calvary, that um, our own sister Edna White passed. Um, her funeral is going to be on Thursday at 11 o'clock here at the church. Thursday at 11 o'clock here at the church. The family will receive friends at 10. Am I wrong? Oh, it's Wednesday. Thank you. Glad you said something. Uh, Wednesday at 11 o'clock here at the church, the family will receive friends at 10. Thank you, uh, Ms. Cheryl. Also, many of you remember uh, Mrs. Louise Veal, Mama Veal, um, and she passed uh, this past week. Her funeral is going to be on Tuesday at 1 o'clock at the H.H. Roberts Funeral Home. Um, Tuesday, 1 o'clock at H.H. Roberts. Um, and we got word that Angel Gist mom passed. Uh, her name is uh, Dorothy Gist, and her funeral is going to be Friday here at the church at 11 o'clock, all right? Uh, so would you please keep all of those families in your prayers? Uh, if you're up to it, I would love to see you this coming Friday night at the Mount Carmel Church. Uh, they are installing a new pastor, Pastor Le uh, Leroy Anthony, will be installed as Mount Carmel's pastor. That is at the corner of Infirmary and um, 
Dayton Liberty out in Jefferson Township. Seven o'clock, I'll be preaching. The music ministry will be ministering as well at Mount Carmel. Uh, Jeremiah Barr, are you here, sir? There you are. Uh, just stand, just stand right where you are since we're in COVID. Uh, everybody, that's Jeremiah, who is in the, it'll probably be quicker if you tell me, what grade? Fifth grade, going to the sixth grade, and this is his progress report from the end of his fifth grade year? I get it. All right. Let me see. I see, uh, well, I'll tell you this. E means exceeds level. S means satisfactory for level. Uh, and really, that's all you need to know because all he has are E's and S's. And that's for the entire year. Uh, he's got comments like, Jeremiah has been doing a good job completing all of his assignments. Uh, Jeremiah is one of the hardest working students in the class. Jeremiah continues to have a positive working attitude. Uh, he is progressing. I want to celebrate that, one of his teachers says. Good job, Jeremiah Barr. Nicely done. Uh, where is Zineel? Did I say it right? Zineel, who is what grade? Second, going to third grade, also at Rivers Edge Montessori. And um, let's see, I see actually for all four quarters, we've got all S's and all E's. Nicely done, sir. Zainel is doing a great job in class, one of his teachers says. Uh, his map scores are above average compared to his peers, extremely bright. I've enjoyed watching him mature. Nicely done. Keep it up. Keep it up. Good. And congrats, mom and family. Good job. Sheila Pitts, are you here today? Good. Let me grab my mask. I have a church membership certificate for you, which is presented to Sheila Pitts in recognition of her successful completion of the prescribed requirements for full membership in the Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist Church that entitles her to all rights, benefits, and privileges of this fellowship this 15th day of August, 2021. Welcome officially. I'll give you an elbow. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. You're welcome. Ronald Grady. Mr. Grady here? No, he's not. Okay. How about Sharon Taste? Welcome officially. Kaylin Hill Wright. And Faith Wright. And Elise Hill Wright. We are ready to celebrate our next group of essential workers. 
uh, just to say thank you on behalf of the Mount Calvary Church for everything you've done uh, over the last year and a half or so. And uh, if you are a worker in manufacturing or trucking and transportation, um, we want to recognize you. You need to submit your name. You can call the church, 937-268-6737, no later than the 22nd of August. Or you can uh, go to the website or the Facebook page and give us your name there and what your job is. We just want to know who you are so we can say thank you. Two of our members, Sherry Wilson and Nikki Mead, Nicole, um, they have started a business and uh, and they are looking for barbers. Uh, if you are a barber, you're looking for a shop, you're looking to grow your clientele, uh, you can call 937-271-5118. Um, certainly, we want to support Ms. Nicole and Ms. Sherry in that business venture. Good. You can turn to Acts chapter 28, and um, the choir is going to come, the ensemble is going to come and lead us further in, uh, in worship, and then uh, the Tamez family is here, and they've got a new little one, and we're going to bless the baby, and we'll get into our study of the word for today. lift up our hands tell him thank you tell him Lord you're awesome Lord you're holy Lord you're righteous we thank you God for being our father we thank you for knowing who we are thank you for loving us past our faults and seeing every last one on our knees dear Jesus thank you Lord for being faithful come on talk to him thank you Lord for being kind thank you Jesus for being awesome there's nobody like you on this earth Lord we thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you our Father, you are holy, we give you glory and we bless your name. Our Father, you are holy, we give you glory and we bless your name. Our Father, you are holy, you are holy, we give you glory and we bless your name, our Father, you are holy, we give you glory and we bless your name. 
because of your name. Your name. We give you glory, say. And we bless your name. Hallelujah. Come on and give your God what's to his name today. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Mr. and Mrs. Tamez, would y'all come up and bring the baby with you? Y'all didn't know who that was, did you? It's Shannon. <laughs> right. Hello, sweet lady. doing this electronically today. Here's what the scripture says. They brought young children to him, that is Jesus, that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. Let us pray. Dear God, we present to thee this child as a gift from these parents who in gratitude having received her from thee now give her back to thee we are mindful this day how that Jesus called the little ones as lambs to his fold placed his hand of blessings upon their head we know something of the cravings in the child in the heart of a child its innocence is a cry for purity its weakness is a cry for strength its helplessness is a cry for protection, and its heart is a great plea for love. Grant that, she, that as she grows, she will grow in wisdom and in your favor. Preserve her when danger threatens the, the cessation of infancy and childhood. Undergird and strengthen her to accept you as her personal Savior. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Congregation, you are privileged to witness the coming of these parents to dedicate their child to the gracious and loving care and keeping of God our Father and Christ our Savior. God grant that we who are gathered today in worship shall earnestly assume with these parents the responsibility for this child's Christian training inasmuch as all of us shall exercise influence upon the child in some way. If you, the members of this church and community, are willing to do so, we ask you to pray for this child, that she might be led in her years of personal accountability to hate that which is evil and cling to that which is good. Parents, as you present your child for dedication to God, we ask you, are you willing to rededicate yourselves 
to the maintenance of a Christian home where Christ will be honored and the word of God held in reverence so that she may on her own free choice confess her faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and accept him as her personal savior if so answer we do because you recognize the spiritual physical and moral responsibilities of parenthood and your dependence upon God for strength and wisdom to faithfully discharge the duties of parents do you now present your child in dedication to God seeking divine blessing and guidance for her life if so answer we do good and what is the child's name Kaya Zora Marie Tamez. Hello, Kaya. We bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let the church say amen. amen. This certificate of dedication, this is to certify that Kaya. Zora Marie Tamez was dedicated to God on the 15th day of August in the year 2021 at Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist Church, Dayton, Ohio. Congrats on another little one. <laughs> yes, ma'am. God bless you. And that gift is for you all as well. Good. Let's thank God for this precious life. While I'm thinking about it, um, let me say something, and uh, those who are members of Mount Calvary, this is really to you, and uh, any visitors, y'all can just listen in on, on Family Talk for just a second, but uh, I, I did want to just mention for the last uh, 17 years or so, um, I kind of pride myself on our being able to communicate freely we don't really keep things from each other as pastor and people uh, but I want to just say something um, just to clarify in case there's word on the street and there is <laughs> uh, my wife and I have uh, have prayed and decided to uh, to move to sell our house and um, we are not there has been some concern and some questions raised uh, in amongst us uh, are they leaving? They, they uh, leaving town? They going to another church? No, no, no. We um, this is where uh, this is where I'll either die or retire, one of the two. Um, but we're not going anywhere. We're just selling our house. We've been there for about ten years, and um, and there are several things that have gone into the decision. For one, um, that thirty-minute drive, uh, two or three times a day, um, with our kids' school is a bit much. And then secondly, um, as we grow as a congregation, um, living two minutes from the church um, is a lot. It's a lot. And um, I'm just being completely honest. And uh, I talked it over with, uh, with my mom who has been where we are. Uh, and uh, I won't tell you what she said about her and dad living right next to the church. She just confirmed that it was the right decision. 
and um, we we just uh, we are just I want to for my family's sake um, I just want to put a little distance between uh, where we are and uh, and so that that's what the big red for sale sign is as you're coming up uh, Philadelphia but I, I didn't want you to have to guess um, because that's just not who we are. That's not how we operate. I'll, I'll just tell you. You ask and I'll tell you. All right. Acts chapter 28. That's where we are. Acts chapter 28. Just two verses of scripture today. Verses 30 and 31. I'm reading from the New International Version of the Holy Scriptures. And here's what it says. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Verses 30 and 31 of Acts chapter 28. You may be seated. For around 20 months, we have, as a church, been studying what it means to be the church. We have purposefully, intently, and prayerfully set out to rediscover the church that Jesus built. You remember after he asked his disciples, whom do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? It was Peter who spoke up and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Flesh and blood didn't show you that. You didn't come up with that on your own. My Father in heaven showed you. And then Jesus said, I know they call you Peter. Simon, rather, pardon me. But I call you Peter. I call you Rock. Because it is upon this rock, the rock of the revelation of who I am, upon the solid rock of Jesus the Christ, I will build my church. My church. That's the only adjective that Jesus put in front of the word church. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And we have set out to rediscover what that looks like according to the word of God. We've studied the architect and the builder of the church. We've studied the only head of the church. We've looked at the membership of the church. We have looked at the definition of the church. We have rediscovered the mission of the church and the leadership of the church and the foundation of the church. We just want to get back to what the Lord intended for his church rather than what the church has become. And let me be clear. We are not talking about even what our traditions have made the church into. I hear all the time, Reverend, we need to go back to the old time way. Well, I don't have a problem with that. I would simply warn that we need to make sure that the old time way is the Bible way. Because that's the only tried and true way. That's the only pattern we have. After all, we believe that the Holy Bible was written by men divinely inspired and that it is a perfect treasure of heavenly 
instruction that it has God for its author, salvation for its end, and truth without any mixture of error for its matter. And the Bible says that Jesus' church would be victorious. The Bible says that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church that Jesus built. And so we set out 20 months ago to rediscover what church really is. Then about 14 months ago, our study took us to the book of Acts where we saw what most would consider to be the birth of the church, that powerful Pentecost where they were all gathered in one place on one accord, obedient to Christ. And suddenly there came what sounded like a rushing mighty wind and it filled the place where they were sitting and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave utterance and they had everything in common and there was not one need among them that went unmet. They continued faithfully in the apostles' teaching and in fellowship and breaking bread. And we've seen the church of the living God all throughout the book of Acts as the Holy Spirit empowered them to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. First in Jerusalem and then in Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. We've heard Peter preach and thousands give their lives to Christ. We've seen people baptized in his name. We've seen the lame walk in Jesus' name. We've seen the apostles thrown in Jesus' because they won't stop using that name. We've seen the power of a praying church. We've seen what happens when there is deceit and corruption in the church. Y'all remember Ananias and Sapphira when they had lied about the money they had given and they both fell down dead. We've seen signs and wonders performed. It was like we were there when the first seven deacons were commissioned. We saw Stephen get stoned after those Jews from Cyrene and Alexandria lied on him. We met Deacon Philip and saw how the Lord used him to to minister to that Ethiopian in his chariot. We saw Saul get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and start his ministry and get his name changed to Paul. We saw the church get scattered by persecution. We have witnessed Paul confront Peter. We've seen Paul and Barnabas split over John Mark. We've been introduced to Timothy and to Silas. We've seen miraculous prison escapes. Gentiles get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. We've seen Paul get arrested. All I'm trying to say is that we have studied a lot in these past 28 chapters and seen the church of God in a variety of circumstances but here's the one thing that always happens the church always comes out victorious and the week before last when we were together we saw Paul as a prisoner on the ship in chapter 27 and the ship is in the midst of the storm uh, but the angel appears to Paul and says look uh, look, y'all are going to get through this you will survive not one of you will be harmed in this storm the ship broke apart. They, some had to swim ashore. Some had to grab a hold of broken pieces of the boat. But everybody made it safely to land. Because God keeps his word, right? Uh, back in chapter 23 at verse 11, the Lord had told Paul, you are going to testify in Rome. And sure enough, over in the last chapter of this book, The end of verse 14 says these words, And so we came to Rome. Now, this isn't where we're going to land today. This is not what I'm preaching about, but there is a word for somebody right there. 
Five chapters ago, the Lord promised Paul that he would have to testify in Rome. That's the promise. But for five chapters, it looks like everything that can happen does happen to keep God's promise from coming to pass. I mean, in verse 11 of chapter 23, God says you're going to Rome. But by the time you get to the very next verse, verse 12, some Jews are plotting against Paul and they're serious about it. They make a vow that they're not going to eat or drink until they see him dead. But they can't stop what God promised. In the next chapter, Paul has to go to, uh, he has to go before Felix uh, and ends up spending two years there in prison. Then he's got to go before Festus and then before Agrippa. And then he ends up on the ship that gets shipwrecked. And although he miraculously makes it to shore, when he gets to the shore, all he's trying to do is help. Just trying to be a servant just trying to do his part by adding some wood to the fire so everybody can keep warm. When out from the heat jumps a viper, a snake, and bites him, attaching itself to his hand. But even the attack from the snake can't stop what the Lord said would happen. All I'm trying to tell you is I don't, I don't care how much you've had to go through between the promise and the fulfillment if God said it it will come to pass you may have five chapters between you and what God said you may have five chapters between what God said and when you see it but I've come to remind you today it will come to pass you may have to survive plots against you, made up charges against you, even snakes that attack you, while all you're trying to do is serve. But somebody shout, it will come to pass. If God promised, he will deliver. And so we came to Rome, the Bible says. Let's get to our text for today. Because in it, there are some lessons for, for the church of today. We get uh, one last look at the Apostle Paul in this book of Acts. And we see that he spends two years in Rome. And although he is a prisoner, he is not spending the time in jail. The authorities have allowed him to live in his own rented house. He has a guard, but he's allowed to stay in a house while he awaits his audience with Caesar. And the Bible says about that time, uh, what the Bible says about that time will give us some valuable insight into Paul's ministry there and by extension will teach us if we let it about the continued ministry of the church of Jesus Christ. I suppose I should title this sermon uh, so let me preach for a while from this subject the conclusion of the matter the conclusion of the matter let's look at the text verse 30 for two whole years Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him stop right there because in this verse we see that the first uh, the first characteristic of Paul's Ministry, we see that first of all, Paul's ministry was number one, 
It was inclusive. The Bible says that he welcomed all. His ministry was inclusive. Our church would that we would understand that the church of Jesus Christ is open to all without exception. The problem is that we have been looking for ways to exclude people from the church since it was started. People who don't look like us, who don't act like us, who don't think like us, who don't vote like us, who don't smell like us, who don't dress like us. Reverend, we don't want too many of those kind of people in our church. That's the problem. It has become our church. But Jesus said, I'll build my church. And he's the one who gets to decide who's a part of his church. And the Bible we read uses words like whosoever. Y'all know John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 11.26, whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Acts 2.21, it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10.13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Revelation 22.17, whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. The problem I believe is that we get in the church and then forget that we were whosoever's. But church, listen, I only pastor Mount Calvary, but we need to be the type of place where everybody is welcomed. Heroin addicts, you're welcome. Whoremongers, you're welcome. Weed heads, you're welcome. LGBTQ, you're welcome. Liars, you're welcome. Adulterers, you're welcome. Thieves, you're welcome. Well, Reverend, what are we going to do with those kind of people? Here's what we're going to do with those kind of people. We're going to love them and let God do what he does. The same thing that the church did with you and with me. The Lord said, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all. Paul's ministry was inclusive. But not only that, secondly, Paul's ministry was authoritative. 
his ministry was inclusive and it was also authoritative. You know what that word means? It just means having or proceeding from authority, commanding, determinate. In other words, Paul knew that he was not speaking on behalf of himself. When he spoke, he was speaking on behalf of someone else. He was an apostle. He was a messenger, someone who was bigger than he, stronger than he, wiser than he, more powerful than he. He knew that beyond himself, there was a king. I'm in the text the Bible says while Paul was there for two years not only did he welcome everybody but he was preaching the kingdom of God not setting up his own kingdom preaching God's kingdom preaching Russo in the Greek uh, just means to herald to advertise to announce to publish to trumpet Paul preached kingdom the domain over which the spiritual sovereignty of God extends he preached that God reigns that God is in charge he preached that those who come to Christ ought to be ruled by Christ Paul preached about what it looks like when God reigns We've got some biblical we, we've got some biblical teaching. We know something about kingdom because of what Jesus taught according to Matthew's gospel. Jesus said, God's kingdom is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field, and then that night while the hired men were asleep, the enemy came and sowed thistles all around and, and threw the wheat. Uh, all through the wheat and slipped away before dawn and when the first green shoots appeared the grain began to form and the thistles came up too and the farmhands came to the farmer and said master you need to get that nasty seed out of here you need to get that nasty plant out of here and 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 uh and the, the the farmer said listen let the wheat and the tear grow together because harvest time is coming that's what the kingdom is like God's kingdom is like an acorn, the Bible says, that a farmer plants, small as seeds go, but in the course of years it grows into an, a huge oak tree, a tree big enough for a big old eagle to put her nest. The kingdom is a place where great fruit can come from small seeds. The Bible says the kingdom is like a treasure hidden in a field. And then accidentally found by a trespasser, the finder is ecstatic and goes and sells everything he owns to raise enough money to buy the field because he knows it's worth the sacrifice. That's kingdom. Matthew 18 says the kingdom is a place of forgiveness, not just God's forgiveness, but our forgiveness of each other. That's kingdom. And church, if there's anywhere that people ought to be able to see what it looks like when God reigns. It's in the church. We're yet arguing over who's in charge. The pulpit or the pew, the deacons or the trustees, the pastor or the board. Well, the Bible says that Christ is the head of the church and that the church is subject to Christ alone. We ought to be the model of Christ's governing authority. After all, it's his church. He's the only one who paid for it. 
He's the only one who bought it. He's the one who paid for it with his precious blood. It's his church. He died for it. It's his church, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'll get there in just a minute. Paul's ministry was inclusive. Everybody was welcome. Number two, his ministry was authoritative. He preached kingdom. And I'm almost done. But then finally, Paul's ministry was persuasive. Verse 31 says he was teaching things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence. Thank you, sir. No man forbidding him. I like the way it's written back up in verse 23. Paul testified the kingdom of God persuading them concerning Jesus. Church, what else do we have to offer this evil world other than a savior who is Christ the Lord. There is nothing, hear me please, there is nothing more persuasive than the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. You want to know what the conclusion of the matter? 20 months we've been studying this. 14 months we've been slow walking through Acts. But here it is. I don't care what else we do. We have to circle back around to Jesus. Because the Bible is right. There is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. I don't mean any harm. Have all the fish fries you want. But don't forget Jesus. I don't mean no harm. Pass out as many backpacks as you can. But don't forget Jesus. Give out as much money as you can. But don't forget Jesus. Feed as many as will come, but don't forget Jesus. That's really the conclusion of the matter. Don't leave Jesus out of his church. Why don't you grab your phone, please, and go ahead and text somebody, post it, tweet it, whatever you do, and tell them don't leave Jesus out of his church. Church, ain't nothing wrong with preaching prosperity, but don't forget Jesus. There's nothing wrong with preaching name it and claim it, but don't forget Jesus. You want to know the truth of the matter? The truth is the church started with Jesus, and the church will wrap up with Jesus. Let me go ahead and close. Paul persuaded them. He taught them. He had conversation with them about Jesus. And the Bible says he preached kingdom. But he said, don't forget that our kingdom has a king. A king who was born of the Virgin Mary. A king who could put spit in a blind eye and the blind man could see. 
The kingdom has a king who could whisper in a deaf ear and the ear would come open. Our kingdom has a king who could walk into the bedroom of a dead girl and say, Talitha Kumai, and the dead girl got up. Paul talked about a king who stopped a funeral procession and hit the casket and the boy jumped up. He talked about a king who stepped to the entrance of Lazarus' grave and called his name. Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus' spirit came back from the other side and jumped back into his body. Paul talked about a king who went to Calvary for my sins and for yours. He talked about a king who died on Calvary. He died until the earth began to reel and rock. He died until the sun blacked out. He died until the moon dripped in blood. He died. I love to tell the story. And while the demons were rejoicing in hell, he died. But when he died, Joseph got his body and placed it in a borrowed tomb. And while the body was resting in sleep, the spirit went down into the deep recesses of hell and banged on hell's iron gates and said lift up your head O ye gates and be lift up ye everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in can't you see the demons having a party on that Friday night saying we got him he's dead now but who's this knocking at our door I hear the demons asking who is this king of glory and the Lord answers the Lord strong and mighty the Lord mighty in battle he walked in took the sting out of death walked in beat the strength out of sin he walked in and snatched victory from the grave took the keys of death hell and the grave and early Sunday morning he walked out of the grave dangling keys and said I am he that liveth and was dead and behold I'm alive forevermore I've got the keys to death hell and the grave all power in heaven and earth is in my hands Paul said we've got a kingdom and Paul said we've got a king are you glad about it today that you have a king is there anybody here who's glad that God still reigns, that he's still in charge, that he's still the king, and you're in his kingdom? I told you 
that the church started with Jesus and the church will wrap up in Jesus. I told you that the church started with Christ and the church will end with Christ. You know when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were seated in one place on one accord and suddenly there sounded like a rushing mighty wind and it filled the place they were sitting and it looked like cloven tongues of fire that came and rested on each one and it was the spirit of Christ that was the start of the church the, the church started with Jesus but when will the church end with Jesus I'm so glad you asked me here's what's gonna happen the trumpet will sound the dead in Christ will rise and we who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord he's coming back he's coming back he's coming back he's oh that's good news he's coming back and he's coming for a church without spot or wrinkle he's coming back and he's coming for a church without spot or wrinkle and I don't know about you but I'm glad to be a part of his church I'm glad to be a part of his bride I'm glad that I'm one of the whosoevers I'm glad that he picked me up turned me around and placed my feet Is anybody glad to be saved? Is anybody glad to be part of his church? I came to Jesus as I was, weary, wounded, and sad. But I found in him a resting place, and he has made me glad. I'm saved by his power divine saved to new life sublime life now is sweet and my joy is complete I'm saved and I'm glad about it I'm saved and I'm glad about it I'm saved and I'm glad about it I, listen you can keep all that other stuff. I'm just glad I'm saved. If he never did anything else, he saved me. Hallelujah. If he never did anything else, he raised me. Hallelujah. Oh, he's given me a car. He's given me a house. He's given me a beautiful wife. He's given me all kind of things. But the one thing I know I've been born again. <laughs> when he comes back, I'm leaving all the rest of that and I get to spend eternity with him. I'm saved. Glory to Jesus. 
I'm saved. Now shout about that. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I know you can't get close to anybody, but would you just look at somebody across the room and tell them Jesus did it. Jesus did it. Jesus did it. He he found me. He washed me. He cleansed me. He saved me. He delivered me. He forgave me. I'm Jesus. I'm, I'll never be ashamed of his name. I wish I could preach this like I feel it. The conclusion, the conclusion of the matter is no matter what else we do, no matter what else goes on, what we find to get involved in, can we please, can we please, Church of the Living God, can we please put Jesus back in his church? He's the only way I want desperately, I want desperately for I, 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 Miss, Miss Taste, who runs the library, she, she set up a meeting with me and some community leaders this week so we can figure out, so we can decide and discern how to get our young men to school and through school. I want desperately for their lives to be changed in that way but deeper than school. More than I want them to have a bachelor's degree or a master's degree or a PhD, I want them to be saved because there are some things that school cannot do but being saved will. We, we keep teaching Financial Peace University because I want us to be financially set and, and out of debt and not shackled and weighed down by the generational financial stuff that we've had to deal with since 1619. Listen, but more than I want us to be financially healthy, I want us to be saved because there's some stuff that money can't buy. We 
ought to speak out for social justice. We ought to speak out for those who are overlooked and who are undervalued. We ought to. We ought to, to, to stand with and march with and fight for those who are marginalized in our society. But more than we need to talk social justice, we need to preach Jesus because he's the only answer to every societal ill. May we never, may we never overlook Jesus. May we never overlook Jesus just so we can get along. If you're here and you're not sure you're saved, do I have good news for you? God loved the world. That's everybody without exception. God loved the whole world so much that he gave his son Jesus to die in our place. All of us without exception. So that whosoever, that's anybody, that believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life listen to what the Bible says God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world but so that the world through him might be saved that's good news and listen to what the Bible says about how to do it confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead the Bible says you shall be saved and being saved doesn't mean that you're going to live a worry-free existence. It doesn't mean that stuff is going to stop happening to you, right? But what it does mean is that you'll never have to go through alone. And what it does mean is that you will live forever with Jesus Christ. We're all going to live somewhere, but you can know that you're going to live yours with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're here and you're not sure you're saved, would you raise your hand and someone will come to you and explain to you what it means to be saved and how you can be saved and you can know for certain today that you're going to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. That's the first call. If you're here and you're not sure you're saved, if you're watching and you're not sure you're saved and several have given their lives to Christ through, our virtual, through, through virtual ministry, if you're watching, you're not sure you're saved, put that camera back on me, please, as I talk to him. Thank you. If you're not sure you're saved, you need to know that you can be saved today. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. The Bible says you shall be saved. Put it in the comments. Send us a message, something that says you want to get to know Christ, you want to be saved, someone will get back with you this afternoon and will explain some things to you. You too will be saved. Second call is this. Maybe you're here in the building. You're saved already. You know where you're going to spend eternity. But you know that the Lord wants you to be a part of this part of his family. We're not the church. We're just a part of his church. But if God wants you here, we need you here. If you're here and you know that God wants you here as part of the Mount Calvary family, would you just raise your hand? Someone will come to where you are. 
God bless you. God bless you. Also, if you are online, you're watching us now, you know the Lord wants you to be a part of this family. You can put it in the comments, send us a message, uh, call us 937-268-6737. Let us know that the Lord wants you here. We'll be glad, happy to have you. We want who God wants. Let the church say amen. Please don't forget. Hold on just a moment. Oh, a couple of things. Um, praise report. Shanette, is Shanette here today? Uh, there you are, Miss Shanette. You are uh, you are cancer free. Is that right? Praise God. Awesome, awesome, awesome God. <laughs> what a mighty God we serve. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Wonderful. Oh, he's amazing. He's amazing. Uh, Ms. Brenda Faison sent me a text. Uh, some of you all remember uh, Reverend Tommy Dupree. He used to pastor the uh, Revelation Baptist Church in town. In town. His son, um, Kenneth Dupree, Bishop Dupree in Nashville. Bishop Dupree's son passed uh, this past week. Would you keep Miss Faison and, uh, the, and uh, the Duprees and all of them in your prayers? Uh, he passed in his sleep uh, last week. Um, oh, yes, we did have a... Check this out. So y'all know how proud I am of, of, of my wife. She uh, graduated recently from the University of Dayton with her master's degree in theology. That's her second master's degree, and, uh, and, her, and it is in theology. Um, and this past weekend, she has been, for the past several uh, months, um, being academically hazed by, um, if, if anybody from Kettering Network is watching, just forget I said that, from, uh, with the Kettering Medical Network, she's been in the chaplaincy program there, the CPE uh, program and she graduated from that this past weekend. Congrats, Lady C. If there is nothing further, uh, if you have your offering to give today, uh, the, uh, the deacons will be at the back doors waiting to serve you on your way out. We do ask that you would uh, follow the usher's instructions and, uh, and please cooperate with them so that we can get out in a safe and timely manner. As you leave, uh, Mountain Media is going to play a video for those who are joining us virtually so that you can see how you can participate in the ministry of giving. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here today. Let's stand and receive the benediction. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy 
To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Let all the saints agree together in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. drop off your contribution at the Mount Calvary Church at the address shown. Thank you for worshiping virtually with us today. We look forward to being able to worship together in person soon. Until then, in the words of Pastor Sam, just live.